Hello, friends. My name is Aliza Kelly. I'm a celebrity astrologer, three-time author, and host of this podcast, Stars Like Us. Think of Stars Like Us as your favorite nighttime talk show that just so happens to be released every Monday morning. Each week, we connect with another amazing expert guest, and together we talk about everything under the sun. But before we get into today's episode, take a moment to rate this podcast five stars. Why? Because you're the fucking best. All right, now let's do it. Sit back, relax, and get ready for another out-of-this-world conversation. This is Stars Like Us. everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I am your host, Eliza Kelly, and I am here today with someone I've known for actually a very, very long time. Randon, my guest today, and I actually studied astrology together. So we have known each other. Did we meet in 2016, 2017? I think 2016, 17 cusp, but probably closer yeah. to 16. I think it was 16 because I had just come back from Los Angeles I think that we were in class together at Annabelle's at that time. Yes. It was the classes that were in the front room and not the back room. So it was definitely one of the first ones. Yeah. 2016. So we've known each other for 5,000 years. Um, But for listeners who are just meeting Randon now, Randon is a Libra sun, Gemini moon, fellow Capricorn rising, which I think we also have to talk about why all of the astrologers are Capricorn rising. I think I know why it's. (laughs) <laughs> You're like, I have no thoughts. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Uranus-Neptune conjunction in Capricorn that we kind of, yeah. our generation has. Yes. Okay. We'll table that. Pin in that. Randon mm-hmm. is good horoscope, a professional astrologer and interdisciplinary artist. She has been publishing horoscopes since 2017 for Vice, Allure. Develt. Develt. Yeah. Did I do you it? Develt <laughs> and more. Apart from privately consulting with clients, she currently writes weekly horoscopes for Vice and self-publishes astrology theories. That is true. You do self-publish astrology theories. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being on here today. It's so lovely to see you. Thanks so much for inviting me on. I'm really excited to chat with you. Okay, so first things first, we need to talk about something really important that happened just a couple of years ago, which went down on Twitter, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, it wasn't even it wasn't even my astrology Twitter. It was like my other Twitter that's now kind of inactive, but Oh, right, because you are a Gemini moon, so you have to have multiple I accounts. So many accounts. I'm, I'm trying to, I think my Saturn return is about only having one account. Maybe, That's maybe. It, 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 well, truthfully, <laughs> sometimes I'll see like a name pop up on Instagram or Twitter. And I'm like, who is this? Like, I've, I, I didn't, I've never followed an account with this name. And then it's you making your account a different name yet again. Yeah, it's, it's a habit. I definitely changed the names a lot. Or have like even when I was on AIM as a kid, it was like always a different screen name every other week. Well, actually, I relate to that too. I did also. I switched up my screen names all the time, and I also, but mainly because I like to do create really elaborate profiles for all of my accounts, and I really wanted to do. It was kind of like a character study, (laughs) and then once I had like sort of figured out that persona then I was over it and I had to create a new screen name. Yeah, that's definitely, definitely the phase. Anyway, this account, what we are referring right. to is something that happened on Twitter <laughs> and it involved Lana Del Rey, the real Lana Del Rey, not an account name. Lana no, Del it Rey. was her. It was like, it was really her. She tweeted her birth time at me, but it wasn't like just like a one time thing where I was like, Hey, do you mind sharing your birth time with me? Like, I had been posting photos of her being like, this is my favorite Gemini, my favorite Gemini, Lana Del Rey. And I would like tag her on my like astrology Instagram. And I would always talk about how she was a Gemini. I would tweet about how she was a Gemini. Like I 
was so obsessed with her being a Gemini. I really <laughs> wanted her to be a Gemini so badly. And I guess she must have seen it over the years of me talking about it. <laughs> You're like, this went on for decades. <laughs> no, I was I was like posting about how my my favorite pop star is a Gemini and she's just one of the best Gemini pop stars, like Prince or something, like just another amazing Gemini pop star. And um, yeah, she was like, no, I'm not. I'm actually a cancer. I was born at 4.47 p.m. But she, but there was originally another time circulating, right? Like there well, were- she circulated that time herself. Right, right. She like didn't know her birth time and then she found it. I was like, well. So she, so she originally didn't know and then she knew and then she, she really, I mean, she's since like sung about having- mutual reception right yes. like did, uh, <laughs> oh, oh my god it's such a good song I'm getting emotional thinking about it um, <laughs> well originally in the astro databank we had like a screenshot of her telling a fan her birth time on Instagram like a really long time ago and since then her birth time has changed but she's the source of this information so i believe that she got her birth birth certificate and was like oh never mind this is my real birth time like maybe it was like a parent said that your birth time is this and then you find your birth time later and it's actually totally different uh, this is a stars like us exclusive moment because i haven't shared this but in when I got Julia Fox's birth time, in addition to getting her time, seven, thank you so much, 7.30 a.m., I also got a screenshot of her co-star. But on her co-star screenshot, it had her with a cancer rising. That obviously like doesn't track. You know, she's not an Aquarius born at 7.30 a.m. with a cancer rising. That's not accurate. Couldn't be. Uh, I put it in just to like make sure because she was born in Milano. So I wanted to like, you, you know, be like, oh, maybe it's different in Milan. You know, maybe it would be a Cancer rising. It's not. It's, uh, if she's born at 7.30 a.m., she's an Aquarius rising. Um, but then I went back to the source and I was like, hey, which one of these is correct? Because Cancer rising is not a 7.30 a.m. birth time. And my source said, no, 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 Julia just confirmed 7.30 a.m. So she must have had it wrong in CoStar. But that seems really sus to me, don't you think? Well, Sometimes CoStar gives people the wrong calculation of ascendant. Like sometimes it. Oh, it really? Glitches. Yes, I've heard of this. Oh, whoa! I didn't know that. I've heard of it glitching. I don't know if they fixed it or not, but that's a possibility. So I was kind of confused listening to you because I was like, "Did you get the birth time from CoStar and then punch it into like you know your astrology software?" Or I got a birth time and a screenshot, and the birth time seven thirty a.m. The screenshot was, there was no um, birth information on the screenshot, but it just said like cancer rising. It was one of those tables. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a fucking it, table. It was, it was a table. <laughs> it was a co table. Sometimes, yeah, I've, I've heard horror stories of the chart calculator being that That's so interesting. I don't know if this is a rumor that I'm starting or not, but. No, I mean, this would, this would validate what you have heard. Yeah. So that's a possibility. Maybe especially because she was born in Milan. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe they don't have mm -hmm. an international setup very comprehensively. Or maybe she put the wrong location or who knows. But if it's, you know, straight from the fox's mouth, then I think that's like a pretty <laughs> reliable source. You know, they're like... Yeah, because I, I did go back. Yeah. I did go back and I was like, hey, these are... This is like conflicting information. Can we verify one or the other? I'm happy with one or the other. I'm happier with her being an Aquarius rising yeah. than I am a Cancer rising, but I can I'll take whatever I can get. Right. Oh, it's so interesting. We have to we have to look at it closer. Do you want to look at it? Kind of, because like I what jumped out to me when I saw was the Mars opposite Jupiter in Cancer and Capricorn, because like Mars and performs well in Capricorn and Jupiter performs well in Cancer, and those are two really strong placements, and they're like right there opposite each other. And I was like, wow, that's a really powerful chart. But then I loved that being in like the fifth house with the Aquarius rising chart, because then that explains like her being, I don't know, uh, fertile, <laughs> like having children and like having Jupiter in the fifth house. It's like um, automatically my mom would be like, okay, well, do you have kids? Do you want kids? What's your relationship with kids? Mm -hmm. And then she does have a child. So I don't know. Yeah. And also interesting to have that 
that opposition with the exaltations mm-hmm. because it also is like, it's like just sort of the magnitude of all of it. You know, it's like also it makes me think of her creating that entire series of posts around her baby daddy being like missing (laughs) and then pulled it back. Yeah. (laughs) And also just like how popular she is and how she like her reputation grew so quickly. And as an actress too, was like related to the fifth and 11th houses, you know, it just Aquarius rising is good. Yeah. I think that the 11th house is actually like the fame house as it turns out. Yeah. I think it is. I've seen I've seen enough charts of these illustrious celebrities yeah. to know that it's I mean, and I'm not saying this to benefit any I have nothing in the 11th house. I have an empty 11th house. It is. But it seems like a lot of really, really magnetic people have strong 11th house placements. And she has her son in the 11th, right? Mm. Well, she's Aquarius with the Aquarius oh, rising right. chart. So she, yeah, she's uh but she has Mars and Capricorn in the 11th house. And that is like... Wait, no, she has her son in the first house. Yes. Let's just pull up the yes. chart. Let's just pull it up. Yeah, I, I'm going to... I'll do it right now. Please. Let's look at Julia Fox's birth chart. Absolutely. And you know, there are rumors, like Kanye West's birth time is like debated and there are rumors that he's a cancer rising. So him kind of falling in her 11th house and being kind of like a person that made her fame like even more exaggerated because she was already famous before she met Kanye West but like he kind of was an 11th house kind of person for her I think apparently I went to middle school with Julia Fox yeah she's like a New York legend yeah apparently went to the same middle school I have no recollection of her (laughs) she's been around she was a grade younger she was a grade younger than me but even still I remember her friends distinctly vividly but I don't remember her so that was like a pre-Julia Fox as Julia Fox. So you would be like in the 12th house somewhere in her chart, I think, because you're Capricorn rising. And if you went to middle school together, you're like, you're in there. I'd be right here. I'm I'm hanging out with Neptune. Yes. I'm. What's your Capricorn rising? Mm, I think it's like 14 around that. Oh, really? We're so yeah, close? I think so. Oh, my gosh. Sister, sister. Hello. Hello. It's so cool. Okay. So for listeners, we are talking about Jupiter at one degree of Cancer and Mars at two degrees of Capricorn making an opposition, but both in exalted signs. Um, That is what was moving through the fifth, or I guess that's when we're talking about fifth and 11th house activity. We are looking at those placements this being the fertile (laughs) Jupiter in Cancer in the fifth house and then Mars in the 11th house in Capricorn being like, that that's a girl boss gatekeep right there, if I've ever seen one. So popular, so, so popular, so known. So known. What I thought was also very interesting in the timing of her chart of what was going on in her relationship with Kanye Mm -hmm. was that she was having her... Venus return. And she also has Venus retrograde. Venus was retrograde in Capricorn at that time, moving through her 12th house. And literally the second it crosses her ascendant is when they break up. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I love how like her story afterward, she said, oh, you think that was a real relationship? Like, please. Like that was just some sort of like, you know, maybe publicity stunt or whatever that she kind of said it was. Yeah. So 12th house is kind of like secrets and things like not really, not all the information's out there. So like maybe it was actually just like kind of like PR type of relationship. Right. But it also like, I don't know. It makes me, how do you feel about Neptune, Mercury, Saturn, and Venus all in the 12th? Like how would you unpack this little stellium over here well i like mercury and neptune together for an actress you know for someone being able to communicate as different people i mean neptune is like a shape shifter and mercury is how you communicate and so these two things together you know in the 12th house too would be kind of 
changing how you communicate or being able to step into different roles, being able to tap into kind of like the collective unconscious of the 12th house in order to step into a role. Um, I've only ever seen a couple movies with her in it. I saw Uncut Gems. And <laughs> <laughs> of course, I, I've seen that movie multiple times. I really love that movie. And also she played a cam girl in this movie. I'm forgetting the name. It came out like on Valentine's Day a couple years ago. But it was a star role, kind of like a femme fatale video vixen role. But I don't know. Maybe she's played other roles that are like different. But the two roles that she played in Uncut Gems and that one cam girl movie, I'm I'm sorry, I wish I had the name on off the top of my head. It's okay. I think our listeners can Google it if they feel really compelled to look up Julia Fox as a cam girl. It was a it was a really fun movie. Oh, well then they definitely should. Please Google it and let us know. <laughs> but the roles were kind of similar. They were like kind of what I would like think of her as a person, even though it's totally a role. So it was very believable. Like her roles were really believable. So maybe that's just her being an amazing actress, you know, and maybe that's the Mercury Neptune thing, like being able to convince you that this is who she is when really it's just like a mirage and she's playing into the illusion of Julia Fox. Yeah, I think the thing that makes me, it makes me nervous because there are a handful of pop stars who can really seamlessly move between different persona periods, but it's not the easiest thing to do. You know, I think that a lot of the time when the media frames you in a certain way, when your sort of collective person sort of is represented as a thing, Mm -hmm. it could be very hard to break out of that Mm -hmm. and to create a new identity for yourself if the public has decided that you are that person, right. whatever that person is. So maybe like she's being typecast yeah, in all of these films, right? But maybe she's also right now, you know, seeing that that storyline, that this version of her is attracting a lot of attention. So she's also like smart and double, doubling down on it. Yeah. But then, you know, I feel like, I get worried about this 12th house stuff because it feels like she might find herself being trapped, right. you know? Very 12th house. Well, yeah. I mean, the Venus return with her Venus retrograde and Venus retrograding over her natal Venus, like that was a really transformative moment for her in the public eye where she like became more well-known and also like her image kind of changed. I don't know if maybe I was just paying more attention to her, but like, you know, her body changed and she became a household name kind of like overnight where like, you know, people already knew her because they loved Uncut Gems, but now like more and more and more people know her. But I think she transformed. Like, I think she really changed and stepped into a new version of herself with that, with that Venus return. Yeah. I mean, I would wonder what the progression would that vary. And I guess that that's kind of like the the rare benefit of having a Venus return during a retrograde is that it just lasts for so fucking long <laughs> yeah. that it's just like it has enough time to really deliver long lasting results, whereas a regular Venus return, you know, is not it's not like multiple weeks long. It's like a few days, you know, yeah. in its exact Obviously, you have the buildup and then you have the dissemination, but you usually don't have a Venus return that lasts like 40 days and 40 oh nights. God. I wonder what's going to happen with the people who have Mars in Gemini at the end of this year. Like Mars is going to be in Gemini for, God, like from the fall until next spring. Right. Yeah. It's going to be in, in Gemini forever. Forever. Those people are going to have a really long Mars return. That's so interesting. My fiance has Mars in Gemini. I hadn't even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Well, that'll be an anecdotal case study for me, for Meezy's. <laughs> Any final thoughts on Julia Fox's chart? Should we look at the transits right now? Let's look at the transits right now. I also see the moon in Taurus is beautiful. And like, I know people on Twitter <sighs> were immediately jumping on that. But not only is it in Taurus, but in the Aquarius rising chart, it's in the third house, which is where the moon has its planetary joy. And it's also the house of goddess. 
So there's something extremely like feminine and like goddess-like about Julia Fox. Yeah, definitely. My favorite placement for the moon is in Taurus, which is like also like, you know, that's not particularly original since it's literally in its exaltation there. So like, <laughs> I'm not like groundbreaking anything, but I really love a Taurus moon. I, I envy a Taurus moon. Mm-hmm. My Pisces moon like really wants that to be able to like know how to like feed myself and take care of myself like a moon in Taurus would. Yeah. I mean, the moon in Pisces is also great. It's ruled by Jupiter. Love that for you. Love that for your moon. Thank you. But the Thanks. Yeah. But this Taurus moon in the third house, and it's a night chart. Like she was born at night. The sun is under the ascendant degree. So the moon is like the most important luminary in the chart. So that Taurus moon is like just popping in so many different directions. There's like the exaltation. It's in the house of its joy. And it's the luminary effect. It's just like screams goddess, just screams it. She actually, she has a lot of exaltations. Also, I mean, her son is in its detriment, right? Yeah. Is there anything else? I mean... I mean, Venus doesn't love to be in Capricorn. No, but it's, it's right there with Saturn. Her Venus might as well be Saturn. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Might as well be the same planet. <laughs> and then she has an exalted Mars. She has an exalted moon. She has an exalted Jupiter. Man, I'm like... We have some... She's been through so much. <laughs> oh, well, what do you, when you say that, what do you see? What are you looking at? I'm just like, okay, Saturn in a night chart, right, is, is one of the most like challenging planets because Mars in a day chart is the more challenging planet. So then in the night chart, you get Saturn. And so everything kind of leads to Saturn. And then it's like, but Saturn is in the 12th house. It's doing what it has to do. I feel like all the things that she's been through have, of course, like, made her stronger or made her into the person that she's been become today. But um, also just knowing like biographical information about her, um, just generally things that she shared online about like losing, losing a friend or dealing with addiction, um, dealing with her baby father drama. Like I'm just like, just from public knowledge as well as from this birth chart, I'm like, she's been through She's been through it, but I feel like it's all made her into like a really just like solid person. And I think she's going to be around for a while. Yeah, I feel like when I see this many exaltations in a chart, it makes me feel like the chart has like guardian angel qualities to it. Yeah, It's like she can get herself out of precarious situations, you know, because she has all of these sort of like protective pieces in her chart that are like don't do that, you know, or like, like, hey, step off from that ledge, my friend, you know, yeah. like, pull it back, rein it in. So that's, I feel like having that many exaltations on one hand is that and then on the other hand is super extreme. Yeah, because I don't even I don't think that exaltations are necessarily, you know, nothing in astrology is. Well, I know we practice like slightly different astrologies. So maybe that for you, you do work with the benefics and malefics more. Yeah. But for me, it's like, I don't see anything as primarily good or bad. I see things as always being nuanced, including an exaltation is also just going to be like, oh my God, turn that fucking down. Like that is so loud. That is the loudest song I've ever heard, you know, could be an exalted planet. Like it's, it's just coming through clearly and there's like, it's the planet's (laughs) doing its job really. Yeah. I think with, with benefic and malefic, like as terms, you know, um, I, I try to not have value judgment on charts really because sometimes like malefic planets, like in my chart, like everything's malefic. And then like whenever those malefics are kind of like activated, some really great things happen for me, you know? So it's, mm-hmm. it's really like not like a, a good or bad value judgment, but really just a way to kind of look at the planets. Love it. Okay, so let's quickly, before we close the book on Julia Fox, transits. I mean, what do you think? Also, at the time of this recording, Venus, yeah, today, today's transits. Happy Venus finally leaving Saturn's hostage situation. Here we go. Yeah, wow. Breath of fresh air. Look at that right there. Venus, zero degrees Pisces. Talk about exaltation. This is like, 
the one month of the year that Venus is like in like just mint condition. Like there's nothing. Mint condition. There's like nothing that could stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Fine. I mean, and this is really like just such a, so long overdue. What a tremendous um, feat that she has endured. Oh my God. In her besiegement for so long. I mean, when she was in Capricorn, she was like there for how how many months? Four months? Five months? She entered Capricorn in November. Yeah, and then left in March. And I think think Gemini, not Gemini, Mars is going to do the same thing in Gemini this year where it's like goes all the way for like ages. But yeah, Venus and Capricorn, how... How was that for you, um, my fellow 14 degree Capricorn rising? It sucked, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, is that I also, my I was having my Uranus-Pluto opposition throughout this whole time. Okay. And it was exact last month in March. So it was kind of like, well, who's causing this? <laughs> like, who's creating this, like, right grief it's like a communal like whole exactly it was like they were all conspiring against me but I would say that probably you know what I had noticed with Venus being in such a compromised position for so long is that we didn't really get the full like even with Jupiter being in Pisces which I feel like is phenomenal and I had you know Jupiter cross over my moon fantastic but I feel like because Venus was so compromised and it's a personal planet and everything else is an outer planet, like you need the personal planets to be working with you in order to feel the benefits of the outer planets. And if the, if the personal planets are in these like compromised states, then you're not really going to get, you're not going to get the full experience, you know, oh. of having like a Jupiter on your moon, even though I do feel like I got the full experience of having Uranus oppose my Pluto. So I don't know. It's been a it's been a weird 2022. How about for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, and I have a lot of I, I have a lot of Capricorn risings in my life for some reason. Like we just collect. I was speaking with my friend who also has Capricorn rising, and we were we were going through something similar, like with like our relationship to like a beauty standards and things like this, especially like happening in the first house and just trying to like untangle like where where you start and where everything else ends you know and um just trying to figure out like your values within like this vessel yeah totally it was a fun 40 days and 40 nights I mean I don't know there were a lot of thoughts about that topic that usually kind of go um over the radar yeah I mean I got a peloton (gasps) while during this time. Oh my God. My, I mean, that's so literal. Yeah. <laughs> my, my stepmom has a Peloton when I was visiting on Long Island. Um, I used it a couple of times and I found like one Peloton instructor that I was like, I trust you. Mm-hmm. I really trust. I like, I did a couple of classes and there was just one of them where I was like, I just trust this person. But it was kind of, it was really interesting Cause like, you know, there's soul cycle, which is like the original, like, we're going to be a motivational speech type of thing. And it was like a whole experience. And then every other, I think spin class tried to replicate this where they have to talk you up and like make you feel like motivated, but it's just on the screen and like not in real time, like watching live recorded videos while just kind of being alienated, like on this bike, like in the suburbs, it's like <laughs> so... bizarre to me it's so interesting that you said I I really like resonated with you I I found an instructor that I trusted that literally could have come out of my own mouth as well the that language I feel like us Capricorn risings are always just like do I trust them or do I not trust them like that's the measure (laughs) I'm I'm learning this about myself I was like just listening to my own voice like yeah, the moon's in Gemini right now. I'm a Gemini moon. So the thoughts are really coming. <laughs> You're like, so bear with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like hearing myself talk and I'm like, damn, like there's, I was like, who do I respect? Like, hmm, like I respect everyone. Like everyone deserves respect, but like, who do I really admire? Like, who do I really look up to? And I'm like, mm, 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 mm. like I could like name them. It's like, 
Who do I trust? You <laughs> I know? Love that. That's the most Capricorn rising like, thing ever. Who do I really, really trust? I've been more or less disappointed by everyone in my life. So I really only have, I could count them on my fingers, how many people I really trust. <laughs> people not just trust, but like admire and like yeah. feel like, wow, you're someone that I like look up to, you know? Yeah. How do you feel like you're Capricorn rising? Like, why do you think you're a Capricorn rising? Oh, well, not just because of my birth time. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. People always like ask like if something's wrong. It's like the like resting <laughs> resting bitch face thing. I'm like, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. It's just I look I look like this. So I just look like this. I've like said that my whole life. You know, it's just my face. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think I, I were there things that have happened in your life that would you would say like this is like has to be the life of a Capricorn rising. Oh, I mean, I just journaling this morning and I've been thinking a lot about my Saturn return because I am in the thick of it, like degree to degree. Really? Like this month, April is the month where it first like hits by degree. And then I'm going to get another hit because it's going to retrograde, but I'm really in the middle of it. Congratulations. Thank you. I feel so important for a Capricorn rising. I feel stable. Like I feel like for the first time, like everything's like figured out. I'm really happy <laughs> to be at this Aww. point in my life. Um, even though, you know, Saturn returns can be really hard, but I feel like things are actually like materializing and like coming together. And, like everything just kind of makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I I think that Saturn, I mean, Saturn return is just like, you know, I don't want to be that bitch talking about Saturn return for the rest of my life. Like, I know I'm going to have to like move <laughs> as I get older and like, you know, the people who are following me get older. Like we all have to like, we'll have to start like talking about some other mm-hmm. milestones, but second Saturn return. Second, not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. <laughs> but like maybe, you know, in a, a Uranus opposition right. in the early 40s, like there's other things. But at the same time, I like I can't quit. I can't quit him. I can't quit talking about Saturn return because it's just so important. It's like just such a game change. It really, really is a before and after, you know, it, it creates this like division of time and life. And obviously it would because it's fucking Kronos, you know, like you're dealing with like the fucking timekeeper himself. But it the way that it just like reframes our understanding of how we exist and what we do to exist, I think, is just so monumental, so profound that it's like I I can't stop talking about it. I think it's too meaningful. Yeah, no, I'm actually loving it. I was scared of my Saturn return leading up to it because, you know, all the like anti-Saturn return propaganda made by people who are probably <laughs> not Capricorn Risings. But totally. I am like, wow, I finally feel like my life makes sense. Or I don't know. Maybe I'm just not, I'm not scared of Saturn. I don't want to say that too loud. Can we talk about what you DM'd me about? Um, I'm not sure. I haven't signed anything, but also maybe let's not jinx it because I haven't signed anything. And I have. Well, I just want to tell you that <laughs> that happened during my Saturn return. <gasps> oh my God. We, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. Wow. We really do. Like, <laughs> Listeners, actually... just TBD on this. We'll cut, we'll circle back as soon as something's signed. Thanks. That's, that's really cool information. I mean, yeah. And now I'm like, okay, maybe we really do both have it like at 14 degrees. I think. Well, I'm, I'm 12, but two degrees. Yeah. I mean, we'll meet in the middle at 13. Yeah. I know the, I'm in the Taurus deacon. I'm in the second deacon. Yeah. Do you say deacon or decan? Well, deacon. you said deacon. Deacon so. like damn deacon. <laughs> deacon like indie sleaze. <laughs> I don't know why it's been renamed indie sleaze. It was just called hipster at that time. Is um, it because hipster is too gross? I I want to like I don't want to like reclaim hipster, but I kind of want to like use hipster as like an insult thing. Well, I just don't know. I mean, does Gen Z know that it had a different name at some point? Right. Like maybe they missed that memo. I think I think indie was also like a, a label because I was watching Twilight on the plane back to Berlin and like Ella's on the phone with her mom and her mom's like, she's like, I met a boy and her mom's like, oh, what's his style? Is he indie? I remember indie. Yeah. I remember it being indie, but it felt more like what, yeah, like what a mom would yeah. say. 
well, there was indie and then there was also like hipster, which was like, ooh, you know, like there was like that, this blog that I was obsessed with called look at this effing hipster dot com and it was just like photos of people wearing the most ridiculous outfits imaginable and I could scroll that for like forever. But that was still the backlash to what was before that, which was hipster runoff. <laughs> and hipster runoff was not anti hipster propaganda. It was actually like this uh veneration of right. like, you know, fifteen year old girls in American apparel getting photographed by 45 year old men like right. it was it, like drunk. <laughs> i guess yeah. it, i guess maybe indiesley is, is best <laughs> maybe yeah. indiesley it's it best God, i would love to like look at the comparison charts between like this uh indiesley's resurgence maybe it's a jupiter return thing because jupiter is like 12 years right maybe it's a jupiter yeah return. yeah i think or it could also be nodal mm, yeah it could be nodal. <laughs> solve the trend. <laughs> I think it is actually nodal. I have been, I remember like during the Gemini, because that's at nine years and then 18. Right. For like the full cycle. Yeah. And I feel like the early 2000s, like the Y2K revival feels full nodal. Oh yeah. 18 years. Yeah. Bring it back. Like, I mean, just even seeing the thongs again coming out of the pants which I think you've done no how do you know (laughs) (laughs) I follow you I follow all of your accounts I'm following like 16 of your accounts (laughs) I deactivated like a week ago okay um I have done that it was actually a joke like the the sort of like low-rise bedazzled jeans were like a kind of like a gag I gave them away. A Capricorn rising saying it was a gag is like the only thing I ever want for the rest of my life. It was a gag. It was, <laughs> it was satire. It's, it's actually what what I call a serious joke. Like it's a joke, but it's also like what's happening. I love it. <laughs> it's a joke, but it's it's also real life. I feel like in a lot of ways so many choices I've made throughout my life could be serious jokes. Yeah. Just, just think about this, like, you know, Capricorn rising Gemini moon concept. Of a so what does joke. it feel like for you to have a Gemini moon? <laughs> I have to think about that. I've, you know, I've thought about it a lot. I, I do a lot of like externalizing and then looking at my feelings or, ex- and, and that kind of comes in with like a creative process, whether that's journaling um, when I was like making paintings or drawings or something, and then you look at them and you reflect and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, that's a conversation as well. You know, bouncing ideas off of people helps me to understand the shape of things and understand like the shape of my feelings and reality itself. So it feels very much sort of like is sort of like a social experiment. Yeah, sometimes. I mean, sometimes I don't really understand things internally and need to experiment or externalize things in order to get a better understanding of them. And then what is what sign is your Mercury in? Scorpio. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> so then how does how do you feel with that processing through the Scorpio lens? I guess I relate to, to just needing to know, like, I just need to know, I need to absorb all the information. I need to know that I need to understand it. I need to understand it backwards and forwards. Like I gotta get to the bottom of it, which is probably like an astrology thing too. Yeah, totally. We we want answers. We want to know why. Right. I think that there's actually a lot in common between Gemini and Scorpio. I think that they share a lot of, I think that they would, they're actually like a really low key, good team together because Gemini is like, you know, has an ability to like get the information more sort of casually and haphazardly Mm. where Scorpio, like a Scorpio interrogation is like, obviously it's like third degree. Gemini can like get the info in a more sort of like playful way. And then Scorpio can go to town on it. Oh yeah. Dissect it fully. Be like, I I know what your unconscious 
has not revealed to your conscious mind yet. I just understand. Right, 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 right. (laughs) When you're working on the physical, you're working on the astral, like you're going back and forth between the dimensions. Yes. That is definitely like, I feel like that is how, I don't know. Yeah. I think that there is like a really nice harmony between Gemini and Scorpio. I, it rings a bell. You know, there were like these like steampunk party promoters called Gemini and Scorpio in New York City back in the day, I think, like on like those like nonsense NYC like email lists, there would be like Gemini and Scorpio presents and Gemini and Scorpio has always kind of been in my mind as like a pairing just because like those friends started something called Gemini. Well, they also are probably the two signs that get the most like hate. Oh, you're right. Yeah, like if a if a poor man who knows nothing about astrology told someone <laughs> that he was like a Scorpio or something, he'd be like, "Please don't leave me." You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I the the Gemini and Scorpio slander is like so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. It's too. It, it's like oh. it's boring. It's boring oh. because it's too easy. Yeah. I am low-key ready to slander all of the other signs because I feel like it's time for them to also have that experience, you know? Yeah, I kind of agree with you, you know? But sometimes it's hard because I'm like, well, how much of this is just me and my personal experiences with these statements and how much of this is just like me jeering, you know? But sometimes, you know, cancers are mean. Sometimes they're mean. They're very mean a lot of the time. <laughs> Definitely. No doubt about it. Okay. I'm glad Maybe I got that off my chest. because it's our descendant though. Maybe it's because it's our descendant. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. And they're like, I don't understand. Right. <laughs> no, I think that cancers can be, I mean, I think all signs, like I try to be as fair and balanced as possible yeah. with, if like I say something really great about a sign, I try to also make sure I say something shady about them too. Right. Ethics. Total ethics. Ethics queen over here. (laughs) Because it feels, you know, we have to distribute. We have to make sure that all of the signs are distributed properly in our our understanding of them. And also, of course, you know, any sophisticated listener will know that astrology is really planets. (laughs) Planets doing things and signs as opposed Mm -hmm. to signs doing things. Mm -hmm. But I mean, the signs, oh, I think the Zodiac has such like amazing symbolism that I'm trying to like embrace more too, just because of the thing that I messaged you about. I'm trying to like figure out, you know, planets aside, like the Zodiac as archetypes. But I mean, these archetypes were completely built from the planets and built from like aspects of the planets. So I mean, and there's just like such like a vast history of other mythologies involved and, you know, the Northern Hemisphere, like the the weather and the seasons being incorporated as well. Like, I don't know. It's really, I think, impossible to, to untangle all of these things from the Zodiac itself. Totally. I, I love like the tricky relationship between the Zodiac the planets, the houses, you know, I love that they are correlated, but not the same. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I remember the first time I learned that, it like blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's hard to grasp because you would think that, okay, it's like you have these sort of one-to-one correspondences. So it has to be, you know, the first house has to be the Aries house. The second house has to be the Taurus house because it goes in that order, but it's not. It's yeah. not. And that's like the mind fuck of it all is like, yes, they obviously have similar storylines. They're similar. They're in similar spaces, but they're not the same. I feel like whenever you can uncouple that, like that's just you're officially in a struggle. I think so too. Can, <laughs> as soon as you could kind of untangle that, like that should be like a, you, you should feel comfortable calling yourself an astrologer. But did you know that apparently some people who teach out there teach them as one of the same? Well, I think that's because they, they that's how it was thought of for a long time. And maybe this information is new to a lot of people. So like natural houses, the ABC sort of astrology, like 
that's how people learned astrology and don't want to give it up, you know, and um, they, they might be, you know, seasoned astrologers who are still making pretty good delineations. But yeah, I actually think there is a divide between like maybe people who like learned astrology in the 70s and mm. then like uh, people who learned astrology where there was way more access to all of the information and all of the old books and, uh, you know, teachers and... Right, and the internet. Yeah, and the internet, of course. So I think there is a divide there. And I um, I don't want to like harass older people. I'm not, But I mean, you know, there are all sorts of different astrologers who believe all or, or practice all different, you know, things and and we share our you know ideas and our knowledge and it's it's incredibly valuable um someone once tweeted that like a a group of astrologers is called a disagreement oh that's so cute (laughs) oh i love that (laughs) oh okay that well that makes me feel i i appreciate that very much that makes me feel much more compassionate and open-minded and open-hearted so thank you (laughs) I'm so happy that I could help. (laughs) You helped. Yeah, you helped. Okay, so two questions that I ask every guest on the show. Number Question number one is, what do you believe in? I believe in the unity of all souls on earth. And yeah, off. Cool. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) <laughs> no further questions. I believe that we're all like one collective soul. And is that why we all show up in each other's charts? Yes. I also believe that. Yeah. Tracks for me. Mm-hmm. I like it. Question number two is how does magic show up in your life? I think synchronicity is like synchronicity is the best way to describe it. So it's kind of like these coincidences that appear and it always keeps me, you know, in a state of wonder and um, belief and miracles and hope and faith and things like this. So whenever I see things kind of line up and, you know, it, it makes me believe in magic. Um, and and well, the fact that it's just, I'm constantly amazed by life. You know that around these parts, we say tank, which means there are no coincidences. There are no coincidences. That's also how magic shows up in my life. Synchronicity. Yeah. Yeah. Like last night I was doing the, uh, I was, the reason that when I, we started, I had so many celebrity charts up is because I was doing a, a live show with Dumois. And at first we pulled up Brittany and Sam's charts they both had Venus at 25 degrees. Then we pulled up Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde's chart and she had Venus at 25 degrees. Then we pulled up, who was the last one? Tom Holland and Zendaya. And Tom Holland had Venus at 25 degrees. And I was at this point losing it, you know, like what are the odds? And do <laughs> moi was like, well, what does it mean? And I was like, I don't know. No idea. Like, but, no, no fucking idea what it means. But we but better like, keep going. You, yeah. Right. And like, how could you ignore it? You know, it's so loud. It's so obvious. It's capturing attention. It needs to be recognized right. that like, what does it mean that all of these people have it at 25 degrees and that right. we're looking at them it, like one after the other? And I guess that's like a good moment to kind of pause and do like your interpretation, you know? like living like it's like a dream like okay well we're gonna like do a little dream interpretation but while we're awake <laughs> right yes because <laughs> yes. like these, these are symbols right yes. and so what do these symbols mean and, and yeah definitely it, it helps me connect to my own brain when I do that and also I think can channel some sort of divine energy I love that yes I feel the exact same way I'm gonna pull a card for you okay and you said that you have a question yes all right Pray tell. Aliza, could you please pull a card for me that corresponds with my Saturn return? I just want to know about like how my how to approach my Saturn return and themes of my Saturn return this month. Like, because it's it's happening right now by degree. I mean, my Saturn return is going to take place over three years, so that's kind of like a general question. But let's let's like simplify it and say like in the month of April. Okay. So the April, the exact Saturn, the first hit of the exact Saturn return. Yeah. Like let's maybe, can we pull a card 
that will reflect it somehow. Is that a good question? Yeah, yeah. What do you need to know about it? Totally. Okay. What do you need to know? Yeah. What do you- one, two, or three? Uh, Skate, please. Ooh. Ooh. Evocative. Okay. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> this, I mean, that's the card. It's like, it is what it is, okay. right? Like you are going through your Saturn. Is the hanged man? Yeah, he's in bondage. Yeah, so hot. He's kind of just like tied there. <laughs> yeah, and he did it to himself. I mean, like this was a consensual, yeah. a consensual act, but like obviously that is the divinity too. Mm. The divinity is recognizing that you are, you know, for a period of time in the position to not know what's going on and to have that uncertainty and to have that sort of like ambiguity is also what the Saturn return story is. But I also think that this card is interesting to get inquiring about a Saturn return because this also has like a low key Jupiter context to it as well. I was saying like, look at the shape. Yeah, it's it's Jupiter. But then it also is Saturn because those two are mirror images of each other in their glyph form. So it is both Jupiter and Saturn. Uh, and it's the relationship between constraint and, you know, bondage and Saturn things. And then also like the expansiveness that comes from surrender. Yeah. There's nothing I could do about it. Just got There's nothing you can do. Just hang. Yeah. But also know that just hanging is like where the, all of the wisdom is going to come from. That's pretty Saturnian. It is. I love it. I think it's perfect. Wow. Thank you so much for this poll. I love it. What a good poll for a Saturn return. Right. I'm going to have to write that down. Like think perfect. more about it. <laughs> yes. Put it in the journal. Moon and Gemini it. Oh, Bring it over to Scorpio. Let us let us know what you think. <laughs> After go the whole deep. process. Gotta go deep. <laughs> After the whole process has gone through. And then what's your Mars? Also Scorpio conjunct Mercury. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. And then what is your Pluto? It, it your Scorpio. Pluto's in Scorpio, right? Yes. yes, Scorpio. And then my midheaven is also Scorpio with that like Mars Mercury. Is it ninth or tenth that or I guess it depends. You, you use in whole sign houses. A whole sign. Mm, it would be 11th, but it's 10th in Placidus. And I have the sun in the ninth house in Placidus. Genius. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. <laughs> I like a sun in the ninth in Placidus for you, considering the fact that you are an expat. I'm an expat. I'm also a, I love God and religion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a nun. <laughs> I'm also like a, a spiritual freak. <laughs> love it. <laughs> love that. Brandon, where can we find you um, and connect with you and continue to follow along in your Saturn return journey? Sure. Um, I have an Instagram at good underscore horoscope. And I have Twitter at Randon Gabrielle with E L L E <laughs> for now. For now, no, those those are sticking. Those are okay. sticking. <laughs> All right, everyone, you heard it here first. <laughs> Thank you so much, Randon. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Bye.